0: Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome everyone. I hope you're well. I'm your host Ben Lively and you're listening to Shaken Awake episode number 39. I just want to thank you for tuning in wherever you are and whatever you're doing right this very moment. And as always, I promise you another great show, but more than anything, my hope for you today and always is that you have an actual encounter with the Lord. He's always right there with us. And if you find any value in these episodes, the greatest thank you of all is to pass the word to at least one person you know to help spread uh, the word of the show. So without further ado, let's get ready to invite God in with us right here, right now and allow them to speak directly to our hearts and minds. So today's topic is how can we love our neighbor as ourself if we truly don't? If you haven't tuned into episode one uh, of this podcast, which is my personal testimony of how God saved a terrible terrible wretch like me, please do. And if you have, you'll remember that one of my snares the enemy had me in was a heart that was harder than a diamond and, and blacker than onyx. I hated people, all people. The only ones I didn't hate were those that were the closest to me, which were all of and in the world, not, not of any value to the kingdom. And, you know, of course there was my family, but all All the people I was introduced to or worked with, I couldn't stand. I was cold-hearted, I hated people. I hated kids and children, hated people for any and every no good reason and refused to open up to anyone or have any meaningful relationship or friendship whatsoever. Forget fellowship, what was that? I didn't even have Christ, let alone a love for the fathers, sons and daughters. You know, alcohol would certainly bring out the worst in me as well. I would look for fights, um, people who look at me wrong. I'd I'd stare down and pray to to whom I still don't know uh, that that a fight would ensue, and I would I would swear anything or everything would irk me to my core about someone. You know, am I introverted? Yes, uh, that's something completely unrelated and different and different to what and who I had become. You know, introverts get recharged by solitary time and being alone. Oh, they don't, you know, we don't prefer to have a spotlight on us. It doesn't mean we hate people. No, I hated people so bad. I prayed to God some nights to allow me not to have so much hate in my heart towards people because I couldn't control it. I could physically see people get very uncomfortable Within seconds of being around me, they'd start off friendly and smiling, you know, and I I guess they could sense the cold and darkness inside of me and on the outside of me, and it made them feel, you know, uncomfortable really quick. And to me, that was perfect, just where I wanted them. You know, the less of me they desired to be around, the less I had to converse or speak with them. I wanted nothing to do with them or anyone. Why? Satan, that's why. No Christ in me or I in him. That's why. I, I didn't care because I didn't know him. And I didn't know that the second greatest commandment, still today and forever, is to love a neighbor, neighbor as yourself. Nor would I have even cared then. Guys, I'm talking like just two and a half years ago, not decades ago. My heart was as black as soot. And I, I can tell you that I wanted to do things people just because of the way they looked or sounded or acted or didn't for that matter, nothing mattered. You know, I realized that more than likely, none of you who are listening are now or wherever like how I was, and I wouldn't expect you to be. You know, I I was, and I I hope I'm right here, a, a rare exception and not the norm. You know, most people, again, I hope are not like how I was. My point by being transparent as I am right now is to show that I'm proof that hate exists and so does the glory and saving grace and mercy and miracles of the almighty God, our father. He saved a wretch like Saul of Tarsus and turned him into the apostle Paul and he saved an evil wretch like me and turned me into the, his follower and friend. He is mightier than than we can even dream up or imagine. And this is just one story how he works in our lives and the lives of others that we don't even know exist. So what changed? How did God save me? How did God transform me? How did God perform a miracle and turn my heart from stone to flesh? How did God turn darkness in me into light? Here's how, and he did and he continues to do so. So like most convictions that I have through God, the Father and the Holy Spirit is through his living word. So I'm gonna share some passages that convicted me personally and helped melt away the hatred I had inside for everyone, including myself, and realized what I was doing to God, to Jesus, to to people, to myself, and to my destiny. Because before I read this, I had no idea. Again, life was about me; I was about my life, I didn't care about anyone else. Well, these gave me reasons to, and I got quite a number of verses. But guys, if you're like me in this respect, no one's ever read uh, wrote. No one's ever read the Bible to me, other than a few verses in, in church, other than a few short scriptures to memorize for Bible school or a couple verses they'll throw up on the big screen at church. Um, It wasn't until I dwelt and am still dwelling in the word of God that these come to life. That's why it's called the living Bible. It is living. And so these reached out of the pages and grabbed me and slowly immersed me and pulled me out of the state I was in so that I too could love others as Christ loved us. John thirteen thirty four. a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And when you think about that, it's pretty po- profound. Because as he loved us, he sent his only son to die for us on the cross for sins he didn't commit, that we committed while we were committing them and while we were mocking him. That's how much he loved us. But we are to also love one another just as he has loved us. 1 John 4, 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Philippians 2, 3 to 4. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. 1 John 4, 7 to 21, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love another. Proverbs 10, 12 says hatred, okay, stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. That's how powerful love is. 1 Peter 4, 8, above all, all, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Again, since love covers a multitude of sins. See, we talk about God's forgiveness covering sins. But love covers a multitude of sins as well because God is love. You see where this is starting to have a direct connection? Matthew 5, 43 to 48. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes... That's how much love means. What they're saying is, even non-believers love those who love them back. What good is that? It's no good to love your enemies, is what he's asking us. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. But the greatest of these is Love. John 15, 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. How has he loved us? How can we count the ways? John 3, 16, the most popular verse in the Bible for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's how much love means. John 13, 34 to 35, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. By this, All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So if you don't, you can't be his disciple. Romans 12, 10, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7, love is patient and kind. Love doesn't envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It, 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 it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. I, could, I should read this every morning. Let all you do be done in love. Not most things. Let all that you do be done in love. James 2, 14 to 17, what good is it? My brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed, sorry, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, that would be an act of love. What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is dead. Guys, so is love. Faith and love go hand in hand. Romans 13:8. Owe no one anything except to love each other. So we owe it to them. Owe nothing more. No, n- owe nothing to anyone except to love each other for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law fulfilled the law 1 John 4:18 there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love man that's powerful Romans 5 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, even after all these years. 1 John 4 21, and this commandment we have from him whoever loves God. So, everyone right now is raising their hand. I do. I do. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. And that's not literal. It is literal, but it's also figurative. Brother, brother and sister, friend, non-friend, neighbor, non-neighbor, everyone. We must love them if we love God. And we know in Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. 1 Corinthians 13.3, if I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. Do you start to see the picture here? I know you do. Love is more important than anything. And I find it very, I don't know if coincidental is is the right word for it, But of the two greatest commandments Jesus spoke, the first one was to love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. And the second is like it, to love your neighbors as thyself. But isn't the first of the greatest commandments, love thy God with all your heart, mind, and body, and soul? Doesn't that include love for other people? Because he is love and he loved you. And you love him because he first loved you. So it's synonymous. Number one and number two, when Jesus's greatest commandments are the same thing. They're all interrelated. Philippians 2.3, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. How many of us, I'm raising my hand as I'm speaking right now, how many of us are counting others more significant than our own selves? Regardless, there's no clause, there's no amendment there's no side note here. There's not a but or a however or an if. It's counting others more significant than ourselves. 1 John 3.23, and this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. This isn't a request. This isn't a suggestion. This isn't a recommendation. This is his commandment to us, which drives us right back to the greatest commandment of all. Love the God with all the heart, mind, body, and soul. That includes listening to his commandments. Galatians 5.14, and I have a few more verses. I'm going to wrap it up. I saved the best for last in my opinion. Galatians 5.14, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If that doesn't speak volumes, I don't know what else would. Certainly nothing I can say. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And anyone that's truly saved, let me just take a pause in that verse. Anyone that's truly saved understands that verse. We have been crucified with Christ. And the moment we are born again, it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ that lives inside of us. So the rest of the verse goes, in the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How can we not reflect love if Christ is in us? If we don't, we don't have love and we don't have Christ in us. 1 John 2.10, whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him, there's no cause for stumbling. Got a few more verses here and then we're going to wrap it up. Romans 13, eight to 10. Oh, no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in, his, in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. There it is. Galatians 5.13, for y- you were called to freedom, brothers, Only don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, flesh, but through love, serve one another. That's what we're supposed to do with the freedoms and the opportunities that we're given. And here's the two final verses that really, really, really drove me to change and to accept change and to melt the hate away and to start loving naturally and spiritually. First John 3:15 to 16. And this had my name written all over it. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. The next and final verse is 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am Nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but not have love I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It does is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way and it is not irritable or resentful. And when I read that verse I look at all the actions that one can do which are pretty powerful in themselves and yet even with those if they don't have love they're nothing guys i wasn't even doing those i didn't speak in tongues of men and angels i didn't have prophetic powers i didn't have understand mysteries and all knowledge i didn't have all faith and so to remove mountains i didn't give away all i had i didn't deliver up my body to be burned or become a sacrifice for others And yet I didn't even have love on top of all that. But even if I did those things, but I didn't have love, which I didn't, I was nothing. So my final question to you this week is then this, how well do you love your neighbors? My final statement is this, if you don't love your neighbor, as much as you do yourself in your own life. Today should be the day that you get on your hands and knees and ask God to give you wisdom and breakthrough and a heart to love your neighbor as thyself. Repent for not doing so in accordance with Jesus's commandment and begin loving your neighbor today as Christ loves you. This is a part of being a good and faithful servant. So before we end today's show, I just wanted to thank you all again for tuning in. I, I hope you were just touched by today's message in scripture. I'd like to ask you a favor. Only if you received any value out of today's show, would you tell at least one person you know, call them, text them, email them, I am them, talk to them, Tell them to give the show a listen, and you can check out the show at shaken-awake.com. You can email me directly, as many of, as many as you do, uh, Ben, at shaken-awake.com, or call or text me directly for any reason, 407-493-3208. Again, it's 407-493-3208. And if you have ideas for the show, let me know, please. And if you know anyone that has an incredible testimony of coming to the Lord and you think they'd be a great great guest of this show, please connect with me. I'd love to hear more. And next week, tune in uh, next Sunday or whenever you're able as we dive into another important topic of today, which is what does Jesus know about you? Next week's episode is another powerful and do not miss episode. Thank you for joining. Until next week, please take great care of yourself and each other, and God bless you all.